Welcome to this podcast message from Kingdom Faith. There is nobody on the face of the earth that has been blessed more than you have been blessed. There is nobody on the face of the earth that has a greater or higher privilege than God has given you. You are among the most privileged and the most blessed people on the entire earth. A very small percentage of the population in this nation just a few percent, about five percent or so, have been blessed as you have been blessed and have the privilege that God has given you. Just think for a moment of who God is, the one who created the entire universe, the one who brought everything into being, The one who is sovereign, Lord, over all he has made. This is the one who out of the billions of people that exist on the earth chose you. That's the greatest privilege. Many are called, but few are chosen, Jesus said. You're one of the few, comparatively speaking, that has been chosen. And God's purpose is that you never forget that. You never lose sight of that. That every day you're living as one of God's chosen ones. The way you came to understand that God had chosen you will be different from one person to another because God deals with each of his children in a very personal way. So the way I came to the knowledge, the understanding of that will be different from the way you came. But we all come to the same point, chosen of God. But chosen for what? You could say, well, he's chosen to save us. To save us from our sins, to save us from the corruption of the world, to save us from the power of the devil. You could extend that and say he wants to save us from sickness and save us from poverty and need and so on. And all that is surely right, that God sent his son to save. And Jesus made that very clear, that that was the reason for which he was sent. But how did he go about that work of salvation? We would focus on the cross and say, well, he took all our sins, he took all our failure, he took all our fears, he took all our inadequacy, all our sicknesses, all our afflictions, he bore them on the cross for us so that we could be set free from them. And that would be true. We could say, well, he did more than die for us. He took us as the sinners that we were to the cross and crucified us with him that we might die to what we were and be made an entirely new creation with a new life, a new heart, and a new spirit. And that would be true. And how greatly we're privileged that all those things are true. But when we just think in those terms, we miss something, something that to God is essential. Although all those things we've just said are true about us, true for what Jesus has done for us, we're missing a crucial element of what God wants to impart to us now. So Jesus 
spoke of his coming in these terms. And we've just been celebrating this Christmas time, his coming into the world. And he said, I have come that men may have life in abundance, in fullness, God's life in all its fullness. And Paul, who understood this, says, we have come to the fullness of life. So if we want to understand how privileged we are as the people of God, the children of God, then we understand that God's purpose for us is to live in the fullness and the abundance of his life. I can see you're excited by the revelation of the truth. And so the scripture speaks of God's abundance in different ways. Jesus spoke of the abundance of joy because actually this life is a joy-filled life. And he said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you, not just my life, but my joy may be in you and that your joy will be full, your joy will be abundant. And it's because Paul understood this that he says, rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances because this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Always joyful. Why? Because we're living in the fullness of his life. Or are we? This is what he came to impart. But are we living in that fullness in the way that God intends? You see, the more of his fullness in your life, the less room there is for self. If we were full of Jesus in the way that Jesus was full of the Father, then we would live the life of God perfectly. As it is, we live in a compromise where there is something of the life of Jesus and something perhaps too much of the life of self. And Jesus said, if anyone is going to follow me, he's got to deny himself and take up his cross and follow after me. So God's purpose is for us to have this fullness and to live in this fullness. Now, this is so that that fullness of love can flow out of us. And what Jesus accomplished through the cross is that the life that he brought to us during his humanity, the life that he was sent from heaven with, God's eternal life, God's heavenly life, that he would open up the way for us to be able to come right into the heavenly place of God's throne, even while we pray and worship here on earth, so that we may receive constantly the flow of life that comes from his throne. So in the epistle to Hebrews, Jesus is our high priest. The high priest, remember, in the temple, was the only one who was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. And he could only go in on the Day of Atonement with the blood of animals to pray for the forgiveness of the sins of all the people, including his own sins, because even the high priest, the human high priest, was not perfect. But Jesus came as the perfect high priest. And he went not into the Holy of Holies in the physical temple, but when he died on the cross, the veil, the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place was torn apart, and the way was opened into not just the Holy of Holies in the temple in Jerusalem, but the Holy of Holies in heaven. So Jesus was opening up the way for us to receive that life that flows from the throne in heaven every day of our lives. That God's purpose is not that we should simply receive an injection of his life when we're first born again, but that life will be continually flowing into our lives and through our lives and out of our lives. This is the purpose of God. This is what Jesus made possible. He said, I've come with this fullness 
so I can impart this fullness to you now. But what I'm going to do is something much better than just giving you an impartation of my fullness now. I'm going to open up the way for you continually to receive from that fullness and continually to live in that fullness so that fullness can be expressed in your life. That's the purpose of God for every born-again person. This is your privilege. So you see, it says in, in the epistle to Hebrews, Draw near with faith. Come right before the throne of God. Now, if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 47. This is a well-known prophetic passage about the river of life, the water of life. Now, that is one of the descriptions of this life that flows from the throne. We'll go into the book of Revelation in a moment and see what it says there about this river of life. But in this vision, Ezekiel sees this water flowing out of the temple. And the further you get from the temple, the deeper the water becomes. But I'm not focusing on that truth tonight. But it's what this water produces, what effect it has. In chapter 47, in verse 9, or in, well, in the middle of verse 8, when it empties into the sea, thinking of the Dead Sea, which is so saline, things can't live in it. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. In other words, this life that flows from the throne, whatever it touches is transformed and changed. So if we receive impartation of this life, it will transform us and change us. And God's purpose is for us to keep receiving from him in that way because he wants to keep transforming us, changing us into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. That isn't going to come through a program of self-improvement it comes only by a continual impartation of his life. His life, his glorious life that flows from his glorious throne impacts our life and brings further transformation to our lives. It's the work of God from start to finish. So it says in the middle of verse 8, when it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish. Harvest! Multiplication, life where before there was death. So where the river flows, everything will live. If that river flows out of you, whosever life it touches, they will live. They will come from darkness into light, from death into life. Now Jesus, you see, he came from heaven with his life. And you would think, okay, he had that deposit of life because of who he is. Just as when we're born again, God gives us the deposit of the fullness of his life. But then we see Jesus saying that he couldn't do anything himself. He had this life. But he said, I can't do anything myself. This life can only operate in relationship with my father. So I can only do the things I see my father doing. I have the life, but I can only use this life in relationship with the Father, in unity with the Father, by living at one with the Father. So it was necessary for him to live submitted to his Father, surrendered to his Father. I have come not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Otherwise, the life that he had couldn't function. It couldn't flow out. There wouldn't have been any miracles. There wouldn't have been any healings. There wouldn't have been any evidence of the supernatural life that Jesus contained unless he was operating at one with the Father. Relationship with his Father in heaven so that the life could flow from the throne of heaven through Jesus and into the lives of those to whom he ministered. Now it says something very interesting 
about Jesus in the book of Hebrews. It says a lot of interesting things, actually, about him. But it says this, he was made perfect. Now, we think of Jesus being perfect. But it says in Hebrews, he was made perfect. And he was made perfect through his obedience, through what he suffered, that the perfection that has made it possible for us to be saved because Jesus offered the perfect sacrifice on the cross. That perfection Jesus didn't have when he was born. I mean, he he was tempted in every way as we are and was without sin. He resisted all temptation to sin. But he had to learn obedience through what he suffered, the scripture says. In other words, he was made perfect because he constantly obeyed whatever the Father asked of him. So we see that our whole salvation is dependent upon Jesus actually living in obedience to the Father. And he said, I remain in the Father's love because I obeyed his commands. You remember he said to the disciples at the Last Supper, you will remain in my love if you obey my commands, just as I remained in the Father's love because I obeyed his commands. So if you like to put it this way, Jesus' obedience, wholehearted submission to the Father was tested by what he had to suffer. And you see this in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying, Father, if it's possible, Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He passed the test. He was obedient. And in that obedience, he completed, if you like, his perfection so that he could be the perfect offering for us. Why was this so important? Because, you see, God's purpose was not just for Jesus to come and impart that fullness of life but to open up the way so we have constant access to the fullness of that life. That God wants to keep pouring into our lives the life that comes from the throne of heaven. On Sunday, Pastor Clive was talking about how God wants to break out of our lives. That that's his purpose for this year. And it is. But what is going to break out is the life of heaven. Because the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's not over here or over there. It's not up there. It's in you. The life of heaven. And you see, just as Jesus, that life could only, could only be ministered, could only be manifested, could only be used, could only be seen. The effects of it could only bear fruit because of his unity with the Father, his relationship with the Father, his submission to the Father, his obedience to the Father. So exactly the same principle is true for us. The more we are submitted to the Father, the more we are submitted to God, the more that life can not only flow into our lives, but it can flow out of our lives, break out of our lives. And wherever that life will touch the lives of others, there will be life. There will be transformation. There will be healing. There will be miracles. Because this life is supernatural. And it's the life that comes from the throne. The channel of that life is the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus told the disciples, don't go out and do anything till you receive the power from on high. What do you think Jesus meant by that word? The power from on high. Do you think he meant just the power to heal? No, 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 no. He was talking about the power of heaven. That's the power from on high. You will receive the power of God. Healing is just one way in which that power can be manifested. But you will receive the power that is greater than any other power. It is the greatest power that exists in the whole of God's creation. It is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is the power that overcomes sin. It's the power that overcomes the devil. It's the power that brought all creation into being. 
This is what Jesus was talking about. He wasn't just saying, you're going to have the power to do the odd miracle every now and again. You're going to receive heaven's power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you would think, okay, one dose of heaven's power would be enough. And we read of that in Acts chapter 2, but you only have to get to Acts chapter 4, and God gives them another dose of heaven's power. That he shakes the building and they are all filled with the Holy Spirit again. Why? Because the way is open. And this was God's answer to their prayer. We need to see more of your supernatural activity. We need to speak your word with greater boldness. Even though they were already doing that, the opposition was increasing. So they were saying, Lord, we need to see you doing more. Right. You need to see me doing more. There's only one answer to that. More of my life. Not just more of your effort, but more of my life. Have another impartation of my life. Now, when we come to worship on a Sunday, we come with the expectation that we're going to worship and we're going to hear a word and there might be a little time of response in some way. There usually is. That's all fine. But it's inadequate. Because God wants us to come with the expectation that every time we come together, there's going to be fresh impartation. Something is going to flow from the throne of heaven. Because Jesus has opened up the way to the throne. He doesn't want us just to sing songs that he's heard us sing before. He doesn't want us just to hear a nice message and say, oh, that was a good word. That was encouraging. That will keep me going for another few days. He wants there to be the impartation of life and for us to come with that expectation. Because the more there is that impartation of life, the more then that life will flow out of us. It will break out of us. Heaven's life will break out of us. Turn to the book of Revelation. Oh, hallelujah. Chapter 22, the last chapter in the Bible. Let's read from the beginning of the chapter. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. This is the same river that Ezekiel saw flowing out of the temple. As clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. I want you to envisage there a river of life flowing through the main street of Horsham flowing through the main street of Worthing, flowing through the main street of Crawley, and out into many of the other streets. You say, well, wait a minute. This is a prophecy about the end times. Well, just hang on a moment. Let's read on. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. Why? There's fresh flow all the time. This isn't just an annual fruitfulness. It's a continual fruitfulness. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and its servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. This is the effect of the river of life. Ezekiel saw it transforms everything. Jesus says it will bring about a complete revolution, a new heaven and a new earth. So what has that got to do with us now? But it's that river that Jesus has opened up the way to. That's why he died, not just to give us salvation, but to open up the way to heaven so that heaven's life can flow into our lives and through our lives and out of our lives. This is why we are called to be a prophetic people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We're not like other people in the world. We shouldn't even want to be like other people in the world. Our whole intention is to be the people that God wants us to be. And you see, if you're chosen, you're chosen for this. You're chosen to come to the throne of God. You're chosen to receive constant, fresh impartation of the life of God from his throne. Can you see that so often we come to the Lord for a healing or for 
the meeting of some need. Whereas really what God wants us to do is to come to him for the life. That if we have the life, we will have the healing. And we will have the answer to every need. There will be the provision that we need. There will be everything we need. Because in that life is the fullness of God himself. I'm glad you can sit there like that. I, to me, this is so exciting. It's so exciting. I mean, the possibilities of what can happen in your life in the coming days, not the coming weeks and months, but in the coming days, is just so immense if you tap in to the life that flows from the throne. There used to be a chorus that we used to sing, cause me to come to your river, O Lord. Cause me to come, cause me to drink, cause me to live in that river. See, Jesus has opened up the way into heaven itself. And what it says to us in Hebrews is that he is constantly ministering to us. He is still serving us. You, you know, he said, I didn't come to, to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Okay, he is eternally the same. So if he was a servant while he is on earth, he is still a serving while he is in heaven. But he's not serving us now in the same way as he served on earth. He's serving us with that heavenly life that flows from the throne. This is why the scripture says, draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Come right before the throne of grace. There you will receive mercy. Find grace to help you in your time of need. Why? Because that life that is flowing from the throne flows into your life. I don't believe God wants us just to seek him for bits of healing and bits of this and bits of that. He wants us living in the fullness of his life. Now, of course, even though this is the will of God, his will can only be outworked in our lives through faith. Now, what does faith do? Faith says, I believe what the word of God says about God, and I believe what the word of God says about me. Faith says, I believe that God has what the word of God says he has. But faith also says, I believe I have what God says I have. Faith says, I believe that God will do what the word says he will do. But faith also says, I believe I will do what the word of God says I can do. So it's not just a question of believing what the word says about God. If I, if I say to people, and I've often done this, if I say to people, do you believe whatever this book says about God? They say, yes. Then I say, well, do you believe what it says about you? Because it's the same book. Why believe what it says about God if you don't believe what it says about you? That's a double standard. That's double-mindedness. If you believe what it says about God, then you can believe what it says about you. It's the same word inspired by the same spirit that comes from the same God. So it's time for us to believe what the word says about us, to have God's perspective on who and what we are, what we have and what we can do. But like Jesus, the outworking of what we have and what we're able to do can only function effectively out of our relationship with the Father. So Jesus, you see, all the way through his ministry was not drawing attention to himself, but he was drawing attention through himself to the Father. He wanted people to come into relationship with the Father. And when we pray, when he taught us to pray, he said, when you pray, say, Father, our Father in heaven. Jesus is the means by which we have come to know the Father and have been brought into relationship as the Father. We're sons of the Father. We're children of the Father. And of course, the Father, being the perfect Father that God is, wants the best for his children. Even human parents say they want the best for their children. But God is able to give his best to his children. And his best is his life. We should expect impartation. God to impact us with his life. That's what he desires to do. Actually, every day of our lives, not just when we come together. But he then makes it possible for us to go and impact others with that life. Now listen, there's, 
there's something about faith that we need to understand in this church. Because I see that when people pray, even, even on Sunday when we were anointing everybody, some people were, you know, spending a long time doing that and giving words, prophetic words, speaking words over people. That's not impartation. It actually gets in the way of impartation. Because, you see, if we are praying with someone to impart to them, we want their focus to be on that impartation, to have faith, to believe that they are receiving what God at that moment is giving. When we start having prophetic words, we are taking the focus away from impartation and getting people to focus on those words. And that undermines the whole business of impartation. Impartation is saying, here is the life of God, receive it. Here is the healing of God, receive it. It's not about having words for people. There are other times when we pray prophetically for people. But that's not impartation. And you see, if those who are praying don't believe they're imparting, those who receive are going to find it difficult to believe that they're receiving. We have to learn what it is to impart, and we have to learn what it is to receive. So you don't see Jesus praying long prophetic prayers over people when he healed them or when he wanted to bless them in some way. He just gave the life. And this is what God wants us to do, to be so full of his life that we believe what the word says. When hands are laid on, they will be healed. Why? Because we're imparting. We're not praying, we're imparting. Jesus didn't say pray for the sick, he said heal the sick. But not just because we have an anointing to heal the sick, but because we are plugged in to the flow of life that comes from the throne. That's the power that Jesus was speaking about. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and how does that power operate within the church? Well, Paul, when he's, he's praying for the church in Ephesus, he says, and God is able to do far or more abundantly, far more abundantly, 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 far more abundantly than all we could ask or imagine according to the power that is already at work within us. It's not the power to prophesy, it's the power to impart. Hallelujah. This place will be packed full. We'll need multiple services once we start imparting in the way that God intends. There'll be a queue at the door to get in. Because what everybody needs is impartation from God. Not just words from God, but impartation from God. This is why Jesus said, I haven't come with words, I've come with life. Yes, he's the word of God. Yes, he spoke the word of God. Yes, he spoke about the kingdom. But he imparted the life of the kingdom. He imparted the life that flows from the throne. So this is the beginning of a new season. Amen. Amen, amen. A season of harvest, of breakout, because it's a season of impartation. Only that which we have first received can break out. So we have come to that fullness of life, that power that is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or imagine is already within us, but it can only function as with Jesus, so with us, in relationship with the Father, in the name of Jesus. So what God wants, my friends, is to see that flow of life coming from the throne into our lives, daily, really, but constantly. You know, when we first formed this church, we prayed with a laying on of hands for everybody, and there were quite a lot more people on a Sunday than there are present in those days. Every month, every month we would pray for fresh impartation. I believe that was important. Whenever we have communion, whether you do it in your groups or whenever we have communion here together on a Sunday, or whether you are 
just breaking bread in your families at home, expect impartation because this is the body, this is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul, when he's talking about communion to the Corinthians, he says, many are sick and some have died because they have not discerned the body of Christ. They haven't discerned the power that is in the gifts. They haven't believed. So many are sick and some have died because they didn't really believe that God was imparting the fullness of his life from heaven through those gifts. See, this, all this is a challenge to our faith. The devil wants you to focus on yourself, on your experience, on your feelings. Put your focus on your circumstances, on your problems, on your needs. Put your focus anywhere except on Jesus. Whereas the scripture says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he is the, he is the way to the Father. And it's through, through the ministry of Jesus that he is serving us now from heaven. He's still the servant. He's serving us now from heaven, the scripture says, in the power of an indestructible, endless life. That's what this river of life is. Now, does that mean that God wants us to come here and expect some feeling every week or every time when we pray, feeling of God's impartation of life? No, this is a matter of faith, of believing what the word of God says. That whatever we ask in prayer, we believe that we have received it and then it will be ours. Will there be experience? Yes, sometimes, but not always. Will there be a real encounter, like a face-to-face encounter with God? Yes, sometimes, but not always. But what we receive, you see, is not dependent upon feelings or experiences or in having a face-to-face encounter, but it is dependent upon faith. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith because in his ministry he lived by faith. He lived in dependence upon the Father. So praise God that you have the fullness. Praise God that that fullness can only function in relationship with him. But praise God that you can't contain that fullness, even though it's yours, even though you're a co-heir with Christ of everything that he has, you can't contain it all. It is all contained for you in heaven, but flows from the throne of heaven into your life and through your life. The fullness that is yours in Christ. So I think this is exciting. I mean... This is revolutionary. You can call it revival, you can call it what you like, but this is going to change things. This is going to change you, it's going to change me, it's going to change all of us. It's going to change this church in all three locations. It's going to change the whole of kingdom faith. It's even going to have a repercussive effect of bringing transformation to the nation and to nations. Wherever we have influence, there's going to be change because wherever this life touches the lives of people, there's transformation. The salt water becomes fresh water. That's miraculous. That's God. He's in the business of miracles. So isn't this wonderful? That of all the people in God's creation, he's chosen to give you access to the throne from which this Life flows. Nobody except those he has chosen have that access. There's many out there who are chosen. There's 5,000 on there. God has been talking to us about 5,000 households. Many of them don't know they're chosen yet. But once we start imparting life to them, they'll soon get the message. Amen. And there's going to be many in the coming years, there's going to be many, many other congregations in the 25-mile radius. One church, not with three locations, but many locations. But that's not going to come through good preaching or anything like that. It's going to come by impartation from God. Oh, we need the preaching of the Word. We need faith in response to the preaching of the Word. But everything is down to impartation. How God wants... 
that to be outworked in our lives. We will see, because the Holy Spirit will guide us. It may not be that he will do it in the same way that he's done it in the past, by laying hands on people every month. It may not be that's the way he chooses to do it. Maybe we won't need to lay hands on anybody, that there'll be such a sense of the presence and the power of God that every time we meet, the Spirit will just fall upon people. Because I've seen that happen. But he'll do it the way that he has chosen to do it in this season, at this time, in this place. And it will be precisely the same way. But what he wants is for us to have the faith to believe for impartation. So when you came here tonight, what did you come expecting? You see, if you expect nothing, you get nothing. Because really, if you analyze what Jesus says about prayer, you get what you expect. If you don't expect anything, then God will honor your faith and you won't receive anything. (laughs) That's your faith. But if you come expecting impartation, then you'll receive impartation. Let me just finish by saying this. You know there are times when at meetings there may be an invitation for people to come forward for prayer for healing. We don't often do that here, but it's, it's done quite commonly. And when that happens, a number of people will come forward, and it's almost certain that different things will happen in different people. Some will be healed there and then, like a miraculous sudden healing. For some, there may be the beginning of a healing process, or the furthering of a healing process that is already taking place. In others, they will go away saying, well, that didn't work. I didn't get anything. I'll try next time. I'll get someone else with more anointing to pray for me. This is what goes on. There are some people that go from one person to another, to another, to another. I had a guy come to me once, and he said, "Uh, I've had Reinhard Bonnke and This one pray for me and that one pray for me. Just every healing ministry you could think of. And he said, all these men have prayed for me and I haven't been healed. Would you pray for me? And I said, not on your life. (laughs) I'm not praying for you. You're not going to add me to the list. (laughs) Because, you see, so often when people come forward even, in response to invitation. They're looking for an experience. They're looking for a feeling. And if they have a feeling, then they believe. But listen, faith comes before the experience. Faith doesn't follow the experience. It comes before anything we experience. And if those people had actually come forward in faith, they'd have gone back, even though they felt nothing, even though it seemed nothing had happened, they'd go back to their places thanking God for their healing. Because they believe he has imparted it to me. I believed it. I've received it. That's the way it works. That's the way God works. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Not according to your feelings. Not according to your experience. According to your faith, it will be done to you, Jesus said. And sometimes there is the testing of our faith that proves it's genuine. That testing of the faith is between the time when you receive the prayer and the time when the miracle or the healing happens. Are you going to persist in faith? Are you going to persist in thanking God? Are you going to persist in believing? Or were you just looking for experience? So we're not looking for experience tonight. If you have an experience, God bless you. If you don't have an experience, God bless you. Because it's not about experience. It's about impartation and our faith to believe that we receive from God. Yeah, we can receive through anointing. We can receive through the laying on of hands. We can receive through communion. We can receive just through prayer. We can receive even in the worship. But God wants us to expect impartation. So when we come, even when we come before him in need, we expect the impartation from God that meets the need. So this is why we're told to pray at all times with thanksgiving.
Well, now, we've had a bit of a long word tonight. We're going to pray now. I believe for impartation tonight. Anybody else believe for impartation tonight? Anybody else? Just, just about five of you. Anybody else? Put up your hand if you're believing for impartation tonight. And I think tomorrow and, and Thursday, we won't need so much word. There'll be more times of impartation. God just pouring himself out and blessing us. So let's stand and come into a, the place here. Oh, hallelujah. God's been filling me up with this stuff for weeks. I don't know how many hours I've spent with the Lord just preparing for, for weeks, really, literally weeks, for what he's going to do this week. Because I believe he's saying, this is going to be a key time in the history of kingdom faith. So come on, let's just close our eyes and focus on Jesus. Oh. <clears throat> that river's flowing from the throne. Jesus has opened up the way. He's opened up the way to the throne from which that river flows. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Now, first of all, just thank him that he's chosen you. You didn't choose yourself. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Hallelujah. That's why he's chosen you, to be fruitful. Not just to receive, but to receive and then be fruitful. For that life to break out of you. But thank him that he's chosen you. You didn't choose yourself. He chose you. He chose you for life. His life. God's life. That indestructible, endless, eternal life. That fullness of life that he came to give. So agree with his word. Don't disagree. You can't, you can't agree with God if you disagree with his word. You can't walk at one with God if you're not walking at one with his word. So you need to agree with his word. I agree with your word, Lord, that I have come to the fullness of life. I agree with your word, Lord, that there is a power that is at work within me that is so great. It will do far more abundantly than all I can ask or imagine. Because that abundant life is abundant power. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Even when you pray for people, you're going to learn to impart to them in prayer. Even if they're on the other side of the world, an impartation will happen when you pray for them. Jesus said to the disciples, don't go and do anything until you receive that power, that impartation from on high. Well, we have received an impartation already, but God wants to continue that flow of his life into our lives. So if you haven't lived with that expectation, ask God to forgive you. Say, Lord, forgive me for my lack of faith. Forgive me for just turning up at meetings and expecting the usual. Instead of really expecting to meet with you, for you to impart to me more of your life, more of your love, more of your power into my life. Lord, forgive me for that lack of faith, that lack of expectation. Forgive me when I've just turned up because it's Sunday or because it's my duty or I felt that I ought to be there or I need to be there. Lord, thank you that you've chosen me to be a man or woman of faith. So I praise you, Jesus, that you have brought me into relationship with the Father, that you are the way to the Father, that you are the way to the throne, that you are the way to that heavenly life that flows from the throne. Thank you that you have opened up the way for me. Are you thanking him? 
Can you thank him that it's never his purpose to withhold from you? It's always his purpose to give to you. This is, this is what grace is about. He lavishes his grace upon us, the scripture says. And grace is what God gives. He gives to those who deserve nothing. But grace is God giving. From his fullness, from his fullness, John says, this is the, his experience of living with Jesus. From his fullness, we receive grace upon grace. See, from his fullness, you will receive grace upon grace, grace upon grace, one blessing after another, one impartation of life after another, one release of his power after another. So that power will break out of your life in a new way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Porataparia leto bakala sandama. Bapara zandaria leto bakala zidri zandaria leto bakala zandama. Postigalaria leto bakala zidri zandama. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank him that you're a child of his grace. That you stand in his grace. The word of God says that you stand every day in his grace. You stand in the flow of his giving. You stand in the flow of that impartation. Hallelujah. 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 God wants to give to you. This is the miracle. This is the privilege. God constantly wants to give to you. Hallelujah. I can't hear enough praise in this room. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a God. What a God. How generous is our God. How gracious is our God. How merciful is our God. He has lavished his love upon us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Hallelujah. He's lavished his grace. He's lavished his love. He's lavished his life. He's lavished his power. Now you may need to say to the Lord, Lord, forgive me for believing that I've received so little when in fact you've given me so much. And tonight I thank you for all that you have given me, the abundance of your life. The fullness of your life. That I'm a co-heir with Christ now, today, tonight, of all that he possesses. That I lack nothing. Because you've given me everything. You have blessed me already in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven. Everything that flows from the heavenly throne, you've already blessed me with it. I haven't received a little. I've received so much. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, God, God can't impart more until you believe what you already have. What's the point of him giving more if we don't believe what we already have? So this is our starting point. Oh, thank you, thank you, Lord. He's going to impart more and more tomorrow and on Thursday. There may, there may come a time when we'll pray with everybody and, and, and there will be a fresh release of the Spirit, a fresh impartation. Oh, yes, 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 because everything's going to be different this week. We're going to be different. We're going to be transformed. We're going to be transformed. But come on, let's believe that we have what God says we have. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Papa Razandaria, letter Bacalazandaria, letter Bacalazidova. Papa Razandaria, letter Bacalazidopalandama. Now thank him that if you have his life, you have the answer to every need in your life. You already have the answer. The answer is within you. The answer is within that life. Hallelujah. Thank him. Come on, thank him. Thank you, Lord. I have the answer to my need. I have the answer to my need. You haven't withheld it from me. You see, sometimes we keep asking for what we already have. And God can't answer that prayer. He can't give us what we already have. We have to believe what we already have. Amen. So come on, thank him. That he has given you that life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And you will draw down that life. Every day of your life. Every week when we come together, we're drawing down on that life. Because it's ours. It's our life. It's his life that's become our life. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. His life has become your life. Now come and lift your hands to the Lord. Just, just draw down from heaven now. Don't look for experience, feelings. Just, just function your faith. Get your faith functioning. Lord, I'm drawing down. I'm drawing down that life now, that fullness. Thank you. I can come right before your throne. I stand before your throne right now. I stand in the courts of heaven right now. I'm not standing on a floor in, Rof in, 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 in Horsham. I'm standing before your throne where you have given me access, where you have carried me through your risen, ascended life. And Lord, from that throne, I'm receiving mercy for all my failings in the past, all my unbelief in the past. And I'm receiving grace, the answer in this time of need. And I need to see more of that fullness in my life, Lord. I need to see more of that life in my life. I'm drawing down. I'm drawing from you. I'm calling upon you now for that fresh outpouring, that fresh impartation of that life. More of that life. More of that life. Less of me, Lord. More of you, less of me. 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 So, Lord, I, I surrender myself afresh to you tonight. I give myself afresh. As I give myself to you, Lord, so you give yourself to me in a fresh way. Thank you, Lord. You never needed to repeat the sacrifice of your life because it was perfect. But I need to repeat the sacrifice of my life every day because my sacrifice is not perfect. So I present my body as a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. Every day I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. This is my spiritual worship that I surrender to you every day. I surrender to your life every day. And as I surrender to you, so that fellowship with you is strengthened and your life pours into my life every day. It's a living thing. It's the living water. It's the living river that flows from your throne, the river of living water. It's the water of Jesus spoke of when he said, come all you who are thirsty, come and drink. And John explains, this. by this he meant the spirit that was not yet given because he was not yet glorified. But he's now glorified. And the life is now given. And the Holy Spirit is the channel of that life. That's why, you know, the Father is seated on the throne. The Son is seated on the throne. But the Holy Spirit isn't seated on the throne because he's the channel of the life that comes from the throne into our lives. Hallelujah. It says in Scripture that he's before the throne. Why? Because he's the channel of that life to us. So just praise God for this precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise him that he's the channel of God's life into your life. Praise your holy name. 
Bless your holy name. Paparazandaria letter Bacalazata Bacalazita Randoma. Basataria letter Bacalazita is Sandaria letter Bacalazandoma. Bastagalaria letter Bacalazita is Sandoma. Bustagalaria letter Bacalazita is Sandoma. Oh, Paparazandaria letter Bacalazidoma. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What power? Not just the power to heal, but the power of God, the power that is on that throne, the power that is in that fullness of life. Every aspect of that power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is upon you now. Thank Him. Come on. Holy Spirit, just come right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come upon every person, every person in this room, every person in this room, fresh unction, fresh oil, fresh anointing, right now, right now, right now, right now, upon every single person in this room, every single person, we thank you, Lord, we praise you, Lord, we bless you, Lord, we exalt you, Lord, we praise your holy name, we thank you, Jesus, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, keep receiving. Just keep receiving. And keep praising him as you receive. Keep praising him as you receive. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. You are faithful. You are faithful. We are asking in the name of Jesus. And you say that whatever we ask in the name of Jesus, we will receive. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Come on, I can't hear enough praise in this room. I can't hear enough praise. Give glory to him. 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 It's his glorified life that he will be glorified in your life. Now thank him. Say, Lord, I thank you that this life is going to break out of my life. It's going to break out of my life. I'm a breakout person. Hallelujah. Rata Bagalia letter Bacala Sandaria letter Bacala Sitaba Bastagalaria letter Bacala Sitri Sandoma Bastagalaria letter Bacala Sitaba Landoma Oh, I know that if I started to pray with people now, the power of God would come upon them in such mighty ways. But I don't believe this is the right time to do that tonight. Perhaps we'll do that tomorrow night. We'll see how the Spirit of God leads. But I want you to come tomorrow night expecting impartation. So what, whatever, whatever he's done tonight is just a preparation for what he's going to do tomorrow night. And bring others with you because there are so many others that need an impartation. And I believe the power of God is going to get released in people's lives t tomorrow night. He's just been preparing the way. He's just been softening us up, really, for what he wants to do. Hallelujah. So can we just lift our hands and praise him? Just finish with a great burst of thanksgiving. Praise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
I feel a little frustrated because I just love to pray for everybody now. But, but we have to be obedient. Have to do it the Lord's way, yes. Amen. We don't get ahead of the Lord. You can follow the Lord, you can walk with the Lord, but you never get ahead of the Lord. He doesn't follow you, you follow him. So, Father, we thank you for the wonderful revelation that your word gives of the abundance of life in which you want us to live every day of our lives. And thank you, Lord, we've hardly begun to touch that. But we are going to see the evidence of that. Breaking out of our lives and producing so much lasting fruit for your glory. So we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So just before you depart, just turn to at least four or five other people and say, I'm a breakout person. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.